Welcome to Dyslexia Jewels, a podcast that seeks to inspire and educate. And we do that by sharing inspirational stories of children and adults with dyslexia. My co-host, Meredith Pope, um, is not here today. She is um, doing something for her new title, which is so exciting, Mrs. Earth. But we have a special guest. Our co-host filling in is Presley Garland, and she is Miss South South East Georgia Teen USA. Thank you so much, Presley, for filling in today. Our guest today we're thrilled to have is Jill Ham. She is the founder of the Children's Dyslexia Center in Georgia, Colorado, in Arizona. She has her master's degree in special education, and she has an incredible story to share about the work that she does. But Jill, I'd like to just start by helping people to understand how you even were led to be a special education teacher. So I had taught general education for several years, and I was actually teaching in a small rural Georgia town, Greensboro, Georgia. (laughs) I would say 80% of the children there, and I was teaching middle school, sixth grade, and they were struggling readers. 80% of them were reading on second, third grade reading level. And by the end of the year, I had them all on grade level. So the special education director, Debbie Price, I'll never forget that woman, funky, tons of makeup, great hair, just (laughs) amazing woman came to me and said, I want you to go get your master's degree in special education because you have a gift. She goes, it's just incredible what you can do. So I went and got my master's degree in special ed. And then I taught for Oconee County schools and a couple other schools. And then I started um, private consulting and would go into schools and revamp their special education classrooms to where the children were then not in a pull-out method where they pulled them out to help them, but they were in the inclusion method, the inclusive program where they were receiving help inside the classroom and remediating their dyslexia at the same time. So, and at that time, my daughter Shelby, who was in first grade, was struggling to read horribly. And so being that mama that I am, I withdrew her from the school that she was in and drove her across town 45 minutes away so she could be in a school that had the appropriate reading program for her because the reading program in the school at that time and as many schools is what we call whole language, sight words. And children that struggle with reading really struggle with learning sight words. So after watching her struggle and struggling myself as a parent. You know, I can do it in the classroom, but how do I do it with my own child? Because we all know doing it in a classroom versus working with our own child, it's a totally different ballgame. So once I saw my own child struggle, and you know, by God's grace, I think that that really, really pushed me to start my own program, do a lot of research. I took a year off and just researched and developed my own program and started my own centers. That's incredible, incredible. Well, I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for having me as the guest host. And (laughs) Miss Jill, I was in the fifth grade when I discovered her and started working with her and she completely changed my life around. I was reading on a first grade reading level in the fifth grade and 
by the time I was done, I was at a sixth grade reading level. No, it was ninth grade reading level in the sixth grade. And so it was, it was definitely, I've started to like books. I'm doing good with my reading in school now. And I just, I don't know where I would be without her. <laughs> so would you say that there's ever a time that it is too late or too early to diagnose with dyslexia? A lot of parents ask that, especially, you know, when they get to your age, Presley, especially in middle school and high school, parents tend to have this, you know, forte that, oh, they'll outgrow it. You cannot outgrow dyslexia. What happens is you learn to accommodate better, right? I mean, we all accommodate when we're in certain surroundings. And like I say, with dyslexic children, they work 80% harder than any other child in the classroom just to keep up. You know, so by the end of the day, they are exhausted. They are fatigued. They're done. We call it the meltdown in the evening time, right? And Presley, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I still get those. <laughs> yes, it's overwhelming. So I always tell parents, I said, you haven't opened any brain pathways. You've just learned how to go around the brain pathways, how to go around the stairs, not how to climb the stairs. So it's never too late. And you still have to remember Children with dyslexia, oh my gosh, they're so smart. So they still have college ahead of them. And, you know, in college, so much of what we do is it's really independent. And so much of it centers around vocabulary. So if we don't have that component and you haven't remediated those areas of dyslexia, then they're going to still struggle. They just learn how to accommodate and work their way around it. That's so true. I know myself as a child, I came up with all sorts of little tips and tricks so that I could just not, you know, fall completely in the crack. Um, and I fooled so many people. It's, yeah. it's very easy. Children get very good at doing that. So Jill, I talked to a lot of moms and, you know, who have children who are struggling and, can you share what are the warning signs? Because in school, a lot of time, I mean, the teachers are seeing this too, but parents and, you know, teachers, we hope that the children will catch up. And you spoke to that a little bit, you know, once you're, they're not going to catch up, but what are the signs that parents should be looking for? Well, I always tell my parents, if 80% of the classroom is able to do it, and your child is a child that consistently can't do it, that's your number one warning sign. You know, and parents will come in the center and they'll say, oh my gosh, Jill, I knew in kindergarten, I knew in first grade, you know, I was that parent with the child who still couldn't, and I'm not an advocate, you know, of whole language. I think a good dyslexia program involves definitely that OG phonemic awareness piece, and then you bring in some sight words, but so many schools are driven on sight words. And so many kids that struggle with reading, they cannot hold on to sight words. They have 150 of them that they have to know by December. And here's your child that knows five. You know, and that stupid word, the and and, are the hardest <laughs> words. <laughs> I mean, if I could have magic to, to solve the sight word issue, I'd be a millionaire by now. But, you know, go with your gut. Your gut. We are mamas, you know, Presley will be a mama one day and she'll know, but her mama will tell you, you go with your gut, it's your child. And you know, when that child is coming home 
and they're melting down when you pull out the reader and they're frustrated and they're in tears. That's not normal. That's not normal. So when 80% of the other kids in the classroom are able to rattle off those words and they're able to spell and decode and your child can't, those are all red flags. You know, the handwriting, yes, after kindergarten, you should not, and everyone says, oh, it's developmental. You should not still be flipping your B's, your D's, your P's, your Q's, you know, in, you know, first and second grade, and there's going to be gaps. You're always going to see where it takes us twice as long to learn anything new. So those are always the, the first warning signs, you know, reversing letters, skipping words when they read, you know, their eyes aren't tracking, and it definitely is not an eye issue. What happens is when we read and we learn sight words, we're learning word to word to word. Your eyes are jumping because we've trained your brain to read as a sight word reader and to jump, not to track through words and to break them down. So, and we have a lot of kids too, you'll see where they will guess words. So instead of and, it's the or of, because it doesn't, it doesn't mess up the content, the context of the sentence. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I completely remember when I started with you, you telling me about the opening the doorways and I just, I will never ever forget that. But um, what would you say to like a high schooler, someone my age who is struggling because I mean, high school is, I mean, I will say it's, it's definitely tough, but how would you, what advice would you give them to help them keep up with what they're learning? I think more so in high school and Presley, we've had this talk, executive functioning, right? Definitely being able to learn, you know, the dyslexic child sees everything as a whole. That's why they're so artistic and creative and a supermodel now. Look at you. I mean, seriously. Um, so it's teaching them how to break things down, how to manage things, how to manage time, organization, a binder system. You know, um, if you look at your, your school syllabus or the school log for the courses, if you have a test in two weeks, especially, especially for dyslexic children, breaking it down in parts. So we'll learn section one tonight. Then on Tuesday night, we're going to learn section one. And then we're going to go back over section two. We're going to build little bits at a time. So then when we get to the test time in two weeks, we've been learning it this whole time. And it's progression, not just cramming it all in at once, because that's just going to cause anxiety and fear. And you're going to shut down when you get the test. Right. And I remember you telling me about the, the post-it notes. On the <laughs> I taught so many of my friends to do that. And it has helped them out so much. Yes. That's, and it's just little tips and tricks like that, right? We all, we all learn. So whatever works for you. Absolutely. Jill, what advice would you give to a parent who could not afford to get tutoring for their child? Um, and they feel like what they are getting in school, it's not helping enough. That is, that's such a hard, that, that's one that gut wrenches my heart, right? Because programs are expensive. They are very expensive. Private dyslexia schools are very expensive, but do something don't not do anything, you know, double negative in that sentence, <laughs> but do something, do something, an online program we're offering. And, you know, it really spoke to my, my heart and God put it on my heart this year to really start an online program. And I had a mom and I'm going to cry, <laughs> but I had a mom. I just started this last week 
And this is hard for me to step out and do this because, you know, a lot of people out there will try and reproduce what you're doing, you know, and I had a mom send me a picture last night and she said, I can't tell you how many years I have waited for you to help my child. Mm. The only way we were able to do that is because we started an online platform now. Wow. You know, and just, oh my gosh, Presley, but just the the this little girl is 13 and she is on a first grade reading and writing level oh my goodness that's my mom is saying you know we contacted you but we couldn't afford to come to Georgia she said that this is just an answer to our prayers right I realize how many people are struggling and can't get the help that they need that's right I, I really wish we had more you know it tends these days that we're giving funds right We'll raise funds for all these different charities and all these different events. But what happened to us raising funds to put children through dyslexia programs, you know, or providing them after school tutoring? Right. You know, so we, we have to become more aware that reading and writing are the basis of everything that we do, especially with Common Core and the math curriculum. Reading and writing are the foundation to everything. So as a community and, and all together as, you know, supporters of dyslexia, we really have to find more programs and more funds that will support these children getting help when their parents can't afford it. Right. Well, I know that um, dyslexia, it really is focused a lot on the reading and writing, but how about math? Does it affect math at all? Because I remember when we worked together, we worked a lot with math and numbers because I used to flip and switch and all of that. And I could honestly barely add and subtract. And, but what would you say to those that are struggling with the math? Like people don't really realize that people dyslexics do struggle with math. Yeah. So you have to remember dyslexia is a language processing disorder. So I always say anything with language. So if you have a math word problem, it doesn't attack the math part of the brain anymore. It attacks the language processing part of the brain. Anything that involves a word, whether you're writing, reading, speaking, is gonna hit that language part of the brain. So it kind of shuts, dyslexics are great when it's just computation, right? Adding, subtracting, that's why when you get into high school, algebra is so much better. So, and especially geometry, because it's all shapes, it's all creativity, right? So really the foundation, just like any good dyslexia program, it's going up the ladder. So especially with math, it's number sense, right? Presley, you know, being able to write your numbers correctly, not copy them and draw them, but being able to write them correctly, but understanding place value, right? And even when you're remediating math, you have to go back to that first step, that first pathway and remediate that pathway so the other pathways can build off of it. Jill, you've given us so much great information. Um, I honestly cannot wait to have you back just to be able to have parents ask you questions. What, in closing, what is one thing, if you could say to a parent, what would you say to them um, to encourage them? You know, don't give up. There's hope. You know, I think that when we're sitting there with our child and, you know, it's very emotional to me because I've lived it, right? We've all lived it, whether Presley had it, you know, even Presley's mom, who is so dear to my heart, Miss Keisha, which we need to have Keisha on here. Keisha needs to pop. Um, 
She's probably back there hiding from all of us right now. Yeah. She's like, I can hear in my ears. She's, <laughs> but too. But, yeah, but if we have so many parents that try so many things, right? And they're like, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Then you keep trying. Don't give up. You keep trying. And if the school looks at you and says, I'm sorry, we can't test them. You say, yes, you can. You know, know your rights as a parent know the laws, know that even if they're on tiers, like tier one, tier two, this SST system or whatever they're calling it in your state, you have the right as a parent to produce a letter to the school system and they have to test your child within 60 days of receiving that letter. It doesn't matter if they're on tier one, it doesn't matter if they're on any tiers at all. Don't take no for an answer. You're your child's only voice. And you have to advocate for your child. Your child needs you and you need them just as much as they need you. But like I always say, and Presley will tell you, if your child's not emotionally healthy, what good are academics? Right. Right? And so much of them not being able to read and write triggers so much somnitation. Like, I can't go to school. I feel sick today or anxiety, you know, bullying. So, and you get out of yeah, what do you think happened? Sorry. I said, you remember like when I, um, I'm homeschooled now, but when I went to the school I went to, I would not get out. Like it was a fight for me to get it even out of the car. Yeah. Sometimes leave the house to do anything. Yes. So just don't give up, keep fighting and know your rights. You know, the IDEA website, the federal website, and you have to remember these are federal laws. They trump state laws. They are mandated for all schools, all states. It's not state to state when it comes to federal law. So you need to go on, you know, the IDEA website and look in there and it clearly states, if you want your child to be tested, they have 60 days once you present them a letter and cite that. If you go on my website, I have a letter there you can use to print, to give them. That is awesome and such good advice. And it is true. It is the moms who become the advocates for these children. And I know that myself personally. Jill, thank you so much for being with us here today. Um, we have not seen the last of you. <laughs> um, and I really hope that this helps so many parents out there. Um, and thank you so much. And Presley, thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We will see you on the next Dyslexia Jewels podcast.